Hi folks, this is Mary Claire Erdenast. Welcome to Play for Keeps podcast. We are recording new plays as podcasts in Ashland, Oregon as a part of the Ashland New Plays Festival. This episode is a pod play recording of 2016 Kilroy winning play, Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke, featuring Anthony Heald as Grant, Stephanie Potter as Abby, Ramon Zaragoza as James, and stage directions read by Brandy Carson. Before we jump into the play, I'm excited to share with you this year's winners at Ashland New Plays Festival. Please join us in Ashland, Oregon, October 16th through the 20th for readings of Starter Pistol by Michael Gotch, Pelicans by David Johnston, The Night Climber by Joshua Rebell, and an honorable mention of the 2019 Kilroy's List, The Way North by Tara Palmquist. A reminder to all playwrights, Ashland New Plays Festival will be accepting play submissions starting Monday, July 15th for the 2020 Fall Festival. Go to ashlandnewplays.org to find out more. Please enjoy this recording of Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke. Welcome to Play for Keeps, a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, Inc., which reserves all rights to its use. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke Characters Abby Gates, first-year law student, 24, wholesomely attractive, sexually at ease. Grant Parrish, late 40s to early 50s, businessman, attractive and impeccably dressed, self-aware. James Gould, 29, artsy, sexy, dramatic, focused, innocent. And waiter. Time now. No blackout transitions between scenes are encouraged. Scene 1, August, Japanese restaurant. Abby sits at table alone, eating a sugar daddy, maybe deciding not to eat it, then deciding again that she wants to. She is wearing a nice but casual late summer dress. Grant enters, wearing casual clothes a step below Abby's. Grant appraises Abby and clearly likes what he sees. Either way works if you own your decision. Pardon me? Whether or not you choose to eat that sucker doesn't matter. It's the indecision that's undesirable. Abby hesitates, then puts the sugar daddy back in her mouth. There. Like a girl who knows what she wants. Why, I eat suckers for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I do hope you're Abigail. No, I mean... It's Abby. Grant Parrish. Would you mind if we move to that corner table? Abby and Grant move to a corner table. He pulls out her chair. Abby sits. Grant sits. This is just more... No, no, of course. I should have thought of that. Abby takes a tissue out of her purse, wraps the sugar daddy in it, puts the wrapped sugar daddy in her purse. As a kid, I liked those a lot. Perhaps our life choices are determined by candy. Maybe. I liked goobers. I hope you don't find me a goober. (laughs) And I'm definitely not a sucker. Mm, Is that a warning? A fact. Have you been here before? I don't eat much sushi. 
We can go elsewhere. No, I meant I haven't eaten much sushi, but I want to. Well, you're with a proper companion, then. I'm an expert. Good. I like to learn. I like your dress. On Abby's embarrassment, waiter approaches. May I start you off with some drinks? Uh, sake, please, and some water as well. I easily dehydrate. And some uh, edamame to start, Abigail? Just water, thank you. Waiter exits. You didn't order a cocktail. I just thought it wouldn't be. Oh, that's smart. But law students must be, right? <laughs> I'm only a first year. Well, don't equivocate. Intellect is attractive. And you are attractive. Even more so than your profile photograph. Oh. Say thank you. Thank you. If we're going to successfully transact, you must learn to accept compliments. I can't tell you how refreshing it is to meet someone who actually looks like her photograph. Well, why not be honest? <laughs> they all want to land the big one, but not everybody has your tools. But they're bound to get caught. Perhaps they might win a man over with sparkling personality if the photograph weren't merely the tip of a deceitful iceberg. My pet got sick and I need money. My purse got stolen and I need money. My rent went up and I need money. And somehow midterms and menstrual cycles are every other week. That just sounds greedy. And pedestrian. If you're going to lie, go big. The more preposterous, the more believable. But always, always grounded in truth. Does a professor believe you're tardy because your alarm failed? I've never... He does not. It's a prevarication that's insulting in its banality. But I once pulled out a whole semester by going to my Shakespeare teacher and convincing him that I'd been delinquent for two months because I was in cocaine rehabilitation. He was heart-stricken. And very curious about where I procured funds for such a habit. What did you say? That I'd become so desperate I became a vendor. That was the true part. I was quite the entrepreneur. And he didn't give me an incomplete, he gave me a C. Learn to tell a good lie, Abigail. I'm kind of an open book. And someday when you're defending a guilty client, what will you be then? Mm, making sure he gets due process. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but one day... You're sure to find that fabrication is a very necessary evil. Well, I've made you uncomfortable. No, I just... It's none of my business. I'll let you know if it's none of your business. Are you married? That really is not any of your business. But I will share with you that I am a happily wed, faithful husband who wouldn't dream of engaging in adultery. Really? If I don't believe that's true, I might slip... And I can't afford to slip. Make no mistake. I work hard, and I have earned this. But I don't want to leave my wife, nor do I want to give her any reason to leave me. I love my wife. But why, then? Give men enough sex, and you can keep them happy. Don't demand too much of women, and you can keep them happy. It's a simple equation that can be computed in any number of satisfying ways, provided the women don't look too closely at the solutions. It's important that you understand that lack of discretion, lack of trust, is a deal-breaker. Mm, trust and discretion are the same thing? I have a lot to protect. For instance, I'm, I love your perfume. It's intoxicating, really, but I would ask that you not wear it in my company. I can't risk any lingering scent in my car or on my clothing. I didn't even think oh, of... Oh, I know. Do you find me attractive, Abigail? Yes, I do. 
I hope you haven't learned how to tell a good lie already. Waiter enters, puts sake in front of Grant, water in front of Abby, and leaves a tray of edamame. Are you ready to order? Uh, a few more moments, please. Waiter exits. Grant sips his drink, motions to edamame. Ladies first. Abby hesitantly picks up a piece of edamame and puts it in her mouth. Uh, wait. Grant is slightly amused as Abby tries to chew the tough shell. <laughs> Grant pulls out a handkerchief and holds it under her mouth. It's okay. Go ahead. Abby discreetly spits the edamame into the handkerchief. Grant rolls it up, hands it to her. Abby takes the hanky and puts it in her purse. You have a hanky. I'm a grown-up. <laughs> so how do you... Grant demonstrates eating edamame by putting it in his mouth, extracting the seeds, and discarding the shell in bowl. Now you try. Abby successfully eats edamame. Ta-da! <laughs> See, I wasn't lying about being a novice. <laughs> Does that mean that you're waiting for me to broach the subject? I thought today we would just get to know each other. How new are you? What makes you think that... I've had a couple. Not long-term? Nope. One treated me like a prostitute. The other... I'm open-minded, but... Not that open. And yet you're back for more. Maybe you are the charm. And I need a charm. Because I waited tables for two years, and the hours are lousy, the work is degrading, and a lot of men thought grabbing my ass was included in the service. And the money's gone. No help from parents? My father died when I was four. I'm so sorry. I have hazy memories of Scotch and Aramis and goodnight, princess, when he'd come in to kiss me goodnight. That's a big loss for a little girl. Yeah, you can't miss what you never had. I don't know. I think maybe you can. There was supposed to be money when I turned 25, but my mother seems to have misplaced it. I don't want things, Grant. Not shoes or jewelry. I, I just want help. Cash. Help. Abby pulls a tuition bill from her purse, hands it to Grant. That's my last tuition bill. See how much is loans, Ooh. and I've already got a heap of them from undergrad. Grant looks at the bill. <laughs> I've been out of school longer than I realized. You don't expect me to... No, no. I just want you to know what I'm up against. No specific demands? You're putting a significant amount of trust in me. Trust and discretion, you said. See, you are smart. I'm sure we can work out something mutually beneficial, provided we're... Compatible. Yeah, one more thing. Do you have tattoos? I don't like tattoos. An eyeball on each cheek so I can watch you from behind. Oh, that's, well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, I don't mean to be stodgy. Really, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I like you, Abigail. You're going to keep me on my toes. <laughs> can I ask, I mean... You can't really need to do this. I've had the Wednesday night assignation, but then if I were detained on a Wednesday, she'd get all weepy, like I owed her something. I don't want to owe anybody anything. But what about all the stuff you buy, or the help? That's just money. And since I can afford it, NSA seemed the desirable option. Absolutely. No strings attached, no exclusivity, no promises, no anything. If either of us is unhappy, it's over. No questions asked. You understand that, right? It's simple enough. 
How many relationships like this have you had? You would be my third. Mm. Hmm? You just seem knowledgeable. I am knowledgeable about a host of things, as you will discover. Grant picks up the menu. Abby follows suit. Starting with sushi. Let's get the sushi is for lovers platter. Mm, it says sushi lovers platter? You quibble. It has a little bit of everything. We will have a very productive lesson, and next time you can select the restaurant and teach me something. Mm, ramen, cheap wine, and the company of three <laughs> roommates is what I know best. So you pick. I pick you. Only your third, huh? Will you tell your roommates about me, Abigail? Or is this your dirty little secret? Not a dirty secret. More like part of the history I'll have one day. Like my first boyfriend for the rest of my life will always be my first boyfriend. <laughs> and maybe you always will be a cherished memory when I'm a football mom slash lawyer trying to have it all. Is that what you want? To have it all? Yes. Grant raises his sake. Abby, her water, they clink. Lights out. Scene two, September, Abby's apartment. James, surrounded by sculpting materials, stares at a sculpture of a woman. Abby enters. Hey, James. James continues to stare at the torso. Abby puts down backpack, hangs coat, takes off shoes, watching James for any sign that he notices her, waves her arms wildly, finally picks up her backpack and drops it loudly. Oh. Abs. <laughs> you the only one here? Are Lex and Rachel home? Dinner. Out to dinner? Ooh, did someone win the lottery? In our opening. Free eats. Ah. Uh, is she that good? She takes photos from inside prisons looking out and then prints them on envelopes and makes some kind of 3D things. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Irritated, James resumes staring. Uh, not the artist. What? I didn't mean is the artist that good. I meant her. Abby indicates James's sculpture. Who? That. That plaster paramour you're clearly fantasizing about when you've got a live woman right in front of you. The opposite, actually. The opposite, indeed. Oh, I'm very real. Touch me. Not you, not you, not you, no. Her. My competition. I don't have time for your teasing today. The bell tolls. Application season, the soul-crushing plea for attention summed up in one proposal, one artistic statement, one last chance before I enter a new decade, is upon me. So today your casual forwardness does not quell my despair. My despair for the fact that she is ordinary. So ordinary in her ordinariness. Come on, look at that tricep detail. In a duel, for your honor, she'd crush me. Technique. That's technique. It's not art. I need it to be art. It is. When you started, it was just a block. Now you've released the body that was trapped inside it. A very beautiful body, though not as beautiful as mine. It's repetition. A musician playing the ink. It's talent. Doesn't that count for something? A boy is raised on an island. He has no company but his mother. Naturally, he learns her language, her idioms, her cadence, her turns of phrase. It's a very fine thing. He often says, because his mother does. They speak as one person, until the day the boy puts some words together in a new way. He is thrilled to discover that he has the ability to manipulate words to change their meaning. He has become a poet. The mother knows that they are now separate beings. Her son's creation has set them apart. 
That's what it feels like to create. Like separation. In the best possible way. With no room for anyone else. Ever. That just sounds lonely. Is there a way to separate and not be lonely? Maybe the little boy just grew up. Yes. And she needs to grow up. She is in the box completely. In the fucking box. There's no mystery. No fucking intrigue. Mystery is beautiful. She needs a secret. Something to unlock, unravel, to be undoing. Something captured in a box. Something I can let out of the box. And then, and then she will be outside of the box and be art. Have you eaten today? <laughs> I could make us some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, we're out of peanut butter. I'd put it on the list, but we're out of list paper. Well, I'll get some. Peanut butter is mundane. There is no mystery in peanut butter. Why does it taste so good with jelly? That's a mystery. It's not. It's Art 101, the color wheel, complementary shades, opposites attract, sweet, yielding, jam, mating with creamy, salty peanut butter. A simple PB&J is a sensual delight that checks all of our gustatory boxes. My God. Do you do that on purpose? What? Uh Ramen will never satisfy me now. Ramen was never meant to satisfy anybody. Not like sticky, permanent peanut butter. The perfect foil for slippery jelly. Elusive jelly. Yes. She needs to be more like jelly. Hard to hold. Uh, I'm starved, so I'm going to make some anyway. Like you, Abs. What? You have a secret. And it's making you beautiful. Luminous. Art. She needs your secret. Tell me your secret. I am a woman of many secrets, tucked safely away in a box where the best secrets should be. As long as it's safe there and as long as you're safe. Be careful, James. I might think you care. You wound me, Abs. A lone wolf is still observant, and I worry about you. How can you? Alone in your creative tower. Don't mock my concern. I would love for you to be deeply concerned about me. Listen, how about if I go get that peanut butter now and... I just want you to know that if your box is trembling, threatening to burst open and spill its contents heedlessly, if you need to unburden yourself, that I'm... Oh, God. <gasps> oh, fuck! James, are you okay? Oh, abs, 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 that's it! What's... James what? jumps up, screams with delight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! It was right there, God Damn. I don't even know what James I heard. grabs Abby, swings her around. You're fucking beautiful. Oh, I love you. Wait, James what? kisses Abby. What did you say? I mean it. I think I love you. You love like like roommate love, right? I don't think so. James kisses Abby again. This is really what you want? James kisses Abby again, and Abby eagerly returns the kiss. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I want sweet analytical jelly. James kisses her again. Mm, firm and salty genius. James and Abby kiss passionately. Abby pulls back. James, I never thought that you would actually... Oh, oh you were just playing with me. You didn't... Yeah, I'm so stupid. Stupid. Yep, of course. Why would you? I I didn't mean to. I just never. Listen, for a year, I've done everything but crawl into your bed and 
and and blow you, hoping that you would notice me. So this isn't going to be just... I want more than that. I. You mean you like me? Like you? James, I'm in love with you. So this is okay? It's perfect. James smiles, and he and Abby get more intense, headed toward having sex. Fade out. Scene three, October, hotel room. Fade in, Grant and Abby finish having sex. Audience should almost feel it is a continuation of the sex at the end of scene two. <sighs> can I, uh, <laughs> can I share a secret? Uh, don't tell me you were faking that, Cookie, because oh. then I might have to. Yeah, but if I could fake that, I'd have a star in front of Grauman's. I was just contemplating... Uh, never mind. No, tell me, Cookie. Cookie, or I'll tickle you. Don't. <laughs> I was just thinking that that it might be erotically enhancing if you actually did have those eyeballs tattooed on your hindquarters. <laughs> <laughs> My hindquarters? <laughs> oh, should I be a racehorse for Halloween? Uh, indeed, sleek and fast and daring, an exhilarating ride. <laughs> and you want to ride me all night long. Uh, give me five minutes. Grant sits back. Oh, rides like this sometimes make me wish I still smoked. A cigarette at this moment will be satisfaction at top satisfaction. I'm shocked. You're so... My body is a temple. Mm, it's true. Shortly before you, I met a girl who drank three Diet Pepsis at our first encounter. I did not invite her for a second. I have neither the time nor patience for addiction. B but you smoked. It was a pleasant way to unwind at first. A forced moment of... Focus and solitude. But then it became insidious and tedious. I found myself thinking about the next moment too often. So, I ended it. Cold turkey. Bam. Just like that. It's the only way. My roommate, James, the said so that quitting... Artist. He's not so-called. You should get something for your collection now while you can still afford it. Yeah, I'll look into it. So, you were saying... That quitting smoking was the hardest thing he ever did. Not so when you know the break is necessary. But it did please me for a while, and sometimes I remember how much. Mm, life would be so much easier if we weren't designed to enjoy things that are bad for us. Oh, life is a combat sport, Abigail. It's best to gear up instead of expecting the blows not to come. Besides, we just very much enjoy something that is not at all bad for us. Nor will it ever be, no matter how much we do it. Such freedom. Ooh, the day I discovered that. All the porn sites exploded from overuse. <laughs> no, silly girl, there was no internet back then. Right. <laughs> James told me that his dad found a stack of magazines under his bed. He didn't have the heart to tell him that he used them for nude models. What a touching story. <laughs> magazines seem primitive. They fueled imagination. At age 13, I began to wonder what was achieved by sitting on an unforgiving pew every Sunday, opening to page 120 and reciting, as if those words meant something to me. I was doing what's expected, as so many do. When I started to think about the myriad possibilities we'd have if we didn't impose limits on ourselves, 
And being a pubescent boy, my thoughts turned to sex. And right there in that hard oak pew, I became tumescent. I told my mother I needed to use the restroom, where I proceeded to have the most commanding orgasm. And it freed me. If I could do that in the face of God, I could do anything. And who would really stop me? My mother never took me to Mass. You skipped over the revelation right to the result. Do you feel cheated? Because I never rubbed one out in church. Oh, crass. <laughs> so crass. I have a surprise for you. Grant reaches for a robe, puts it on, gets out of bed, retrieves a wine box with a red bow on it, hands it to Abby, goes back to his bag for a corkscrew. Ooh, is that what I think it is? It is the Petrus, as I promised. Oh, you're ruining me for Carlo Rossi, you know. That is fully my intention. Grant begins opening the bottle. Oh, what if I don't like it? Grant retrieves two red wine glasses from his bag, unwraps them, hands one to Abby. Then pretend, as if your life depended on it. Tonight and any time you find yourself in a similar circumstance. So never. <laughs> I imagine great things for you. And you must imagine them for yourself. If you don't keep this summit perennially in view, you will forget where it is when the fog rolls in. Should I... Do anything special before I drink it? Kiss me. No, wait. Grant takes a sip of the wine, lets it linger in his mouth. Um, now, kiss me. Abby kisses Grant. Mm. Now? Grant nods. Abby drinks slowly, savors the taste, swallows. Grant is pleased at how she does. Like you were born for it, darling. Can I ask how much? Never ask. Abby drinks again. Mm. You must be awfully good at what you do to be able to afford drink this when it's not even a special occasion. Anytime we're together is a special occasion. Oh, come on. You doubt that you are special to me? No, but I do remind myself that even though this all seems very natural... We are very good together. But... I have a life outside this room, one that you know very little about. And you have one, too, one that I know very little about. And you find no pleasure in that? I don't even know what you do. All right. This one time, I'll let you ask me about my affairs. <laughs> why, why did you say it like that? The Godfather. Oh, a movie, right? You've never seen The God... It's classic mafia lore. Like... Like Tony Soprano? Tony Soprano. Michael Corleone would make Tony Soprano soil his boxer shorts. Is he scary? Chilling. Ooh. Who does he say that to about his affairs? His wife. What are the affairs she doesn't know about? The usual murder and such. Hmm. Does your wife? What's her name? Marcine. Marcine. Hmm. Does Marcine know about your affairs? She knows how I earn my money. Mm, the usual murder or such? Is that a serious question? How do you earn your money? Social work. Like helping kids get off drugs? Or finding shelters for battered women? That keeps you in Petrus? Not quite. I'm in finance. Finance is not social work. You have to know about investing in bears <laughs> and bulls and hedge funds or whatever. Sweetheart, I could blindfold myself and throw darts at the stock listings to make my selections, and it would not diminish my success. My stock is trust and discretion. 
Do my clients trust me with their multi-million dollar fortunes? Yes, they do. Do they trust me even when the market is bad, when they sit tearful in my office, fearful that women will no longer make love to them if it's all gone tomorrow? Indubitably. Because I reassure them that we are in this together, that I am every bit as invested in securing their financial futures as they are, that we are the same. And then I pour them a very expensive scotch from what I assure them is a very rare and reserved bottle so that they are confident about their value and the size of their cocks. That's what keeps me in Petrus. Mm. You do deserve a Hollywood star. I mean every word. How do you do that? Slide between truth and something that isn't quite the truth. Keep all the boxes separate and never jumble the contents. What is on your mind, Abigail? You want yourself tonight. I'm fine. You're distracted. Might that have anything to do with that cheap cologne I detected when you walked in? Perfume would be hard to explain to my wife, but cologne of that caliber would present a far more formidable challenge. Not everybody has money. I was talking about taste. Don't be mean. So perhaps it's the opposite. It's my cologne that is difficult to explain when you get home. Can we at least not pretend, Abigail? I'm not pretending. I'm just not bothering you with problems that you clearly don't have. My clients can attest that I am a very good listener. You'd think we'd talk about money, but we don't. Uh, prostate issues are very popular. I don't have a prostate problem. But something just as bothersome. I just need... Tell me. Problems disappear once you frame them properly. Cold turkey. I can call room service. No, I'm serious. A clean break. Surely not for me. I need to. I mean, this has been unexpectedly... But things have changed at home, and I need to... Sweet girl, I am here to give you anything you need. You know that, don't you? Yes. So tell Cookie what you need. I need to... Hmm. I need to be more like you. Is that all? Lesson one. Kiss me like there is only this moment, and you are as ravenous for me as I am for you. Abby kisses him. Mm-hmm. You pass. Mm, would it be sinful if I poured some of this on you and licked it off? I believe I've expressed my views on sin. Abby moves to kiss Grant and accidentally spills her glass on the bed. Grant sits up fast. Oh, my God. Fuck. Abigail, there are more refined reactions. I'm sorry, but shit. Oh, my God. It's okay. You didn't get me. Oh, come on. We can probably suck some of it out before it dries. We will not suck the sheets. But that's like a million-dollar spill. Not quite. But a lot. Mm -hmm. But you're not mad. There's more where that came from. Scooch over. Abby moves to the side of the bed without the wine spill. Grant moves next to her, sips his wine. Are you pregnant? What? No. Where did that come from? I haven't been able to get my mind off an evening several weeks back when urgency precluded precaution. I've since been concerned that I've lain you victim to a momentary loss of control. Why didn't you say something? I'm on the pill. Ah, why didn't you say something? I've been wearing condoms. Better safe than... You didn't think I was safe? Maybe, but your other two... They are not current, and I get tested regularly. And, uh, James? James is fine. He's a little preoccupied, but he's fine. Do you doubt his commitment? It's new for him. I don't think he's ever 
been in love. And he should be as devoted as a puppy. I wish you'd trusted me. But you didn't tell me. And you did. Would you mind? Uh, might I see the pills? Are you fucking kidding? I'm sorry. I trust you. And trust me, it was a one-time thing. But not without a positive result, we've turned a corner, haven't we, communicating like this? As such, there is another matter I would like to broach. Are we back to the tattoos? A momentary muddle. Please don't get tattoos. Relax, Cookie. I hope you know that it is a testament to my fondness for you that I let you call me that. <laughs> it's perfect. Sugar cookie, smart cookie, tough cookie. Fortune cookie. I think you like it. Mm, maybe a smidgen. I trust you've been content with our arrangements. You're very generous. But earlier you did seem as though you were having second... I, I momentary muddle. I was thinking about your situation living with three roommates. If I were to set you up in your own place, free from distractions, James it's not with a his distraction. plaster and paint, do you deserve a no, nice I like home? it. I could get you a nice condo on your campus, a private pied-à-terre. Your pied-à-terre? Surely you would like a quiet place to concentrate on your studies? A private powder room? I like my roommates. They remind me of who I am. But you should always keep in mind who you want to be. I do. But I'm not there yet. When I am, I'll get my own place. Whatever happened between us, I wouldn't make you move out. I couldn't let you do that. I'm sorry. No equivocation, remember? Let's drink the rest of the wine. You enjoy it. I'm afraid I have a meeting, and I still need to eradicate any trace of that skunk du noir. Grant gets up, heads to the showers. Come back after. If there's anything these men like more than making money, it's hearing themselves talk, which they will do long past checkout. Grant goes to his briefcase and removes an envelope, pulls out his wallet, removes some bills, puts them in the envelope. But if I had my own apartment, we wouldn't have time limits. If that thought makes you reconsider, you need only say the word. Grant gives Abby the envelope. Your birthday card. I put a little extra help in there. Why? Because you need it. Grant kisses Abby. Are you sure you can't stay? I can Abby whispers in his ear, reaches under his robe, and tries to lure him back. With difficulty, Grant resists capitulation. You temptress. Mm, I must be losing my touch. Your touch is wonderful. Lesson two, self-control is a virtue. Grant kisses her again and heads to the bathroom. Lights fade as Abby turns the envelope over in her hands. Scene four, November, Abby's apartment, music plays loudly. James sits with same sculpture as before, but it is now nearly covered, decoupage style, with index cards of different colors with writing on them, except for one black spot in the middle. James is engrossed with a box full of even more cards. James sifts through cards, chooses one to lacquer onto the model. Abby enters. James! James! Abby turns off music. Somebody could have come in and stolen all of our peanut butter, and you wouldn't even notice. You weren't supposed to be home for an hour. My professor got sick. In class. Civil cases involve disputes not arising. Abby Mimes throwing up. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody throw up since undergrad. Abby shakes off the icky memory, gives James a kiss, but he isn't responsive. You weren't supposed to be home for an hour. Okay, 
But I'm home now, so maybe we can grab. You've broken some... my concentration. It's broken. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'd plan for another hour to myself. So take it. Go ahead. Go back to work. I'll just go read. It doesn't work that way. The thread has disintegrated. Our connection is dissolved, and we are very near completion. Completion. That sounds hot. I thought we had an agreement. I said I was sorry. It's always the same. Understanding until the agenda changes. James! Next time I'll go get a fucking sandwich, okay? Come on. James gets up, pours himself a shot of cheap whiskey, downs it. Okay. Okay? I'm moving past it. Oh, thank you very fucking much. Don't be like that, Abs. I'm trying. You just caught me by surprise. But you're not happy to see me? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. The lone wolf dies hard. You can hit me when I forget. Do you miss being a lone wolf? No, it's really just new. And I need to be more like you. Go with the flow, you know? <laughs> Forgive me. Lesson one, kiss your girlfriend when she comes home. <laughs> Let's try again. Abby whirls around, starts over. Hey, James, I'm home. Oh, how's the other bitch in your life? James kisses her. I was preparing for a grand unveiling in an hour from now, but now you've prematurely seen our secrets. I don't see anything. Abby takes a closer look at the sculpture. You wrote on her. Not me. The people. What people? Specifically, I like the knowledge to say, but all of them, they answered my call. Abby looks more closely at the sculpture. Reads. I hang up on telemarketers? What is that? It's a secret. She needed a secret. Now she's in possession of juicy hundreds. All I have to do was pose the question, posit the idea that unburdening would be cleansing. A cathartic act. The avalanche began and hasn't stopped. And just where did you pose this question? Where one can find any commodity one desires. Craigslist. But hanging up on telemarketers is not a secret. It is if it results in guilt. Suffering. But it doesn't. Everybody does it. Some people feel guilt over slapping a mosquito, some over hanging up on a solicitor. If he or she feels it's wrong, then it becomes a source of shame. You can't judge the threshold at which the shame begins. What makes you feel guilt? Not hanging up or squashing an ant? But they do. <laughs> These secrets carried shame. Now that they are bared, less of it. They exist because they've been released to the cosmos, which, in this case, is me. Abby reads more. I have a love-hate relationship with global warming. Well, <laughs> who doesn't? I don't always pick up when my mother calls. Eh, guilty, not guilty. I sell drugs to middle schoolers. Okay, I, that I would feel bad about. Really bad. Fascinating. What one person does without conscience causes another to lose sleep. James starts pulling cards from the box and rattling them off. I've had five abortions. I farted in my boyfriend's mouth while he was sleeping. I didn't love Hamilton. I never went to college, and my resume is totally false. I'm in love with my brother, and we fooled around. I only pretend to like my girlfriend's cat. I wonder what it would feel like to kill someone. Wow, I am stealing from my company. That's a crime. That clearly is eroding that person's intestines. There's a postmark. You could probably... No, I can't betray their trust. We have a covenant. 
I am Price Waterhouse. They never reveal the Oscar winners. Never. Or the Golden Globes, which isn't nearly as impressive, but because nobody cares. I owe them fidelity because they have privileged me with their pain. I still don't understand why you want their pain. For her. She can carry it. Here. Bear it to others who will see it. Absorb it. Feel kinship with humanity. Because they now understand that they are not alone. They can live with themselves. Can there be any greater art? It is moving. Original. Maybe a little terrifying. Exactly. Because now that they've shared, it's real. Of course it's real. It never wasn't. But it now has life. Uh, healing life. What are you going to do with the rest of these? Start a revolution of release. James kisses Abby. Are you ready for my revolution? James kisses Abby again with intent. She responds, but then purposefully pulls back. I would love nothing more than to celebrate your revolution in any number of ways. Oh, great. Let me just go pee. <laughs> but a little self-control is in order. I'll be quick, I promise. You have work to finish. But I've already stopped. I'll just go to the coffee shop so you can get back in the groove. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Sure. That'd be great. Thanks, Abs. James gives her a quick kiss on the forehead. Hey, my parents invited us for Thanksgiving. Us? I have a girlfriend, Abs. My dad wants to buy ad space. I'm going to meet the parents. They're going to love you, just like I do. I'm so thankful, and I have to pee. Are you heading out? I just have to... Yeah, yeah. James gives her a quick hug. Abby gets her coat. James turns to exit, turns back. I'm sorry about the agenda thing. Thank you for understanding how much this means to me. With a little luck... When you have talent, you don't need luck. If only that were true. <laughs> See you later. You bet. Sorry, I really... James gotta... kisses Abby. Exit. Abby stands in her coat, picks up some cards. <laughs> I steal my neighbor's flowers and give them to my wife. <laughs> I pee in the shower. I'm a sugar addict. Abby picks up a pen, crosses out, and writes... I... I'm a sugar baby. Abby glances toward the bathroom, fade out as Abby mixes the card into the box. Scene five, December, vacant apartment. Look at that view. But you can only see it from the living room. So we put the bed in the living room. That's ridiculous. And then once in a while, we will have to pull ourselves out to the terrace for tea. Tea? I'm thinking dinner, al fresco, and au natural. <laughs> You're mixing your languages. Because they are the two most romantic. <laughs> the neighbors don't deserve a view such as you. You are a feast for my eyes only. Who's romantic now? You enchant me, Abigail. After a volatile day of ego massage, I come home, and maybe my wife perceives she has had an equally bad day with the children. She's not worried about buoying me up or improving my mood. But you, you always have a smile for me, an amusing take on life, a tender kiss. That is worth its measure in gold. Grant reaches into his pocket and pulls out a box with a bow on it. What is that? A tangible measure of the gold your company has been worth to me. Tis the season, after all. Abby opens the box and pulls out a gold bracelet. Grant, thank you. It's beautiful. So gracious. Look how far you've come. 
Grant puts the bracelet on Abby's wrist. There. You are now both adorned and adored. How much am I adored? Oh, look at this apartment, the bracelet. <laughs> I read the other day about this company that can turn a body's ashes into a diamond. They come out all different colors. Surely you'd rather have the bracelet than... To... No. Oh, no. I No, I just... I just wondered, if it were me, if I were the diamond, would you wear it? Darling, I would have it set in the finest platinum, and it would be my preferred pinky ring for the rest of my days. Mm, and where would you tell people it came from? I would say I was seduced by its sparkle from the start, and I was helpless to do anything but release it from the captivity of its glass case. And what would you say you paid for it? A heart's ransom. <laughs> would you wear it on your right hand or your left? I never wish to wear such a ring at all, Abigail, and this conversation has gone from fanciful to morbid. We were indulging in such a pleasant fantasy about the terrace. I haven't agreed to anything. How can you not reconcile your senses with this? I can't just tell my roommates I'm moving out. Moving up? What if they want to visit me? I can't explain this. And there is, James, discretion. You're right. Of course you're right. My work and my family are what's real. This is the masquerade. This isn't real? Not in the way you mean. I did get caught once, you know. I was able to repair the damage with the bassist groveling and some inspired storytelling. A brilliant work of artifice. It killed me, Abigail. But I learned so that I will never have to do that again. That must have been your very first time around. Would it satisfy you if I can see that there have been more than three? Really? D did you want to seem pure for me, Cookie? In your artist friend, you find purity attractive. Well, it works on him. Do you believe there is nobody else now? Abby holds up his left hand with wedding ring. I believe that's what you believe. Take the apartment, Abigail. And we'll both have a refuge when our real lives make us despondent. I can be your smile, too. That's allowed, you know. Hmm, your other girls must have jumped at this. I never offer it. Please. Imagine looking at that every morning. Alone? Why did you even come to look at it? I thought it might be different. But it's pretty much like my place. Oh, come now, the view alone. It's just a bigger box. Lights out. Scene six. January's small gallery. James's pieces are about the sculpted torso, photos of people behind bars holding up their postcard secrets, the cards collaged on a globe, a box, and made into a mobile, etc. One small table, two chairs. James is arranging a couple of magnum wine bottles, yellow tail, one white, one red, and cups. Abby comes out of the back room holding a sketch drawing of herself, asleep. Where do you want this? How did that get here? James takes it from her and looks at it. You're so lovely when you're sleeping. Peaceful, untroubled. That's not this show. James puts it on the table. And it's not for sale. Do you think I have enough? Can you really call it a show with just this? Maybe it's just a shh. Like a shh, don't tell anyone, but this stuff blows. You don't need a lot of stuff. Van Gogh only sold two paintings to his brother. And then he killed himself. Look at this place. It's hardly MoMA. 
It's hardly even take me seriously. Hey, this is a sponsored show, not a vanity exhibition in a rented space. The owner believes in you, or you wouldn't be here. I'm a voyeur, an opportunist, a fraud. You're an artist, and I'm so proud of you. Pride will never help you win a case, Abs. It's the work. Stop being dramatic. Come on, it's a new year, so new attitude, okay? Will anybody even be able to find this place? It's more like an alley than a street. Maybe cats will come. Stray cats with discerning taste and no money. (laughs) We have GPS now, honey. They'll find it. There's a game on, so only my mother is coming. That's one. And Lex and Rachel are coming. Do they know there's no food? I don't even have food. Refreshments not included. Oh, man, there should be food. You don't need food. Maybe better wine. I splurged on the yellowtail. Do you want me to go get some cheese and cookies or something? My treat. The table does lack a certain, je ne sais, food. I'll go. Some impressive cookies, elite cookies, cookies that will make you appreciate what's in front of you. Milano's. Yeah, get Milano's. Abby kisses James. You got it. And wine, too. Abby walks toward door, turns back. Hey, James. Would you feel weird? Wearing a diamond made from my body's cremated remains. They can do that? Yeah. They come out all different colors. I wonder what color you'd be. Would you wear it? Sure. But what if I lost you? I'd rather plant a garden. Use your organic matter to fertilize it. (laughs) Better. I could bury you in our yard. Our yard? And plant some vegetables on top. Beautiful, perfect sun-ripened tomatoes would grow fertilized by you. And I would eat them. That's what I would do. Abby kisses James, exits. James looks panicked, moves around some things, looks doubtfully at the wine bottles, turns them around so the labels don't show, arranges glasses. Grant enters. Oh. Hey, uh, hello. Can I help you with something? I'm here for the show. Uh, Really? It, It doesn't, um... Start for another, uh, uh, 40 minutes at 7. You know how eager we collectors are. Would you like some wine? Grant looks at the wine table and notices the yellow tail magnum. No, thank you. Grant slowly circles the gallery. James doesn't know what to do with himself. Finally, he takes a seat behind the table. You've done something fascinating here. These, uh... Photos with bars are the weakest. They are caged by their secrets. Yes, 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 we get it. It's a limited view, but one that will no doubt have commercial appeal. I just thought Don't defend yourself. The idea is sound, but the execution is much more elegant when you allow your viewers to engage their imaginations, when you show that there can be strength in secrets, as with this. Grant indicates the original torso piece and takes a closer look. I once tasted shit just to see if it really tasted like shit. Oh, just when I allow that, I might sometimes overestimate the baseness of people. I'm 43 and have never had an orgasm. Unfortunate. I am a sugar baby. Hmm. The strikeout of addict somehow makes it all the more compelling. I love that one. It's like you can see the struggle. You've tapped into a cesspool of guilt, haven't you? Is uh, is that sketch part of the exhibit? What? That sketch behind you? 
Uh, no. I use the same model for that one. James points to one of the photos with the secret, Abby holding a placard as if a number in a mugshot. I steal from my boyfriend. <laughs> Is that really her secret? I hope not. I'm the boyfriend. <laughs> ah, but she was willing to hold this placard? She was picky about what she would hold. I have herpes, for example, was not on the table. But this one was okay. She said it was too vague for anybody to judge. Well, perhaps there is some truth in it, which is why she felt so comfortable. Nah, I don't have anything worth stealing. Nothing? Maybe even something intangible? My girlfriend canceled a date with me for the first time, and I am perseverating over the reason why. Is she stealing my sense of security? I guess, but I... I'm sorry. Her face invites so many questions. But of course, you know that. Have you always wanted to be an artist? I think so. With a talent such as this, how could you not know? I didn't... I... I didn't always get a lot of encouragement. A creative career can be difficult, but that shouldn't preclude pursuing one. Do you have kids? Yes, I do. They're well-versed in the visual arts, classical music, theater. I've always fantasized that parents like that exist. But not yours. Not mine. But you could not ignore your calling. Tell me, what was the turning point? <laughs> it's not an original story, i.e. I don't want to bore you. The mind behind all this? That could never bore me. Well, my sophomore year in high school. Uh, are you sure you want to hear this, Mr... Barrington. Blake Barrington. James Gould. I have collected for years. Sponsored shows, even owned a few small galleries, but I... Never had the thrill of discovering a talent. I wish to know everything about you, James. So, your sophomore year... Um, okay. It's summer. My brother is at some sports camp. My parents want to take a vacation. The most dangerous thing my father thinks I might do is hit my head coming out of the closet. So they leave me home, alone. Uninterrupted, alone. All I want to do is draw... <laughs> the couch, my knee, the trees outside, the basket of flowers on the mantel. They're silk, but they look real, blooming eternally in shades of russet, wee bits of orange gold. Suddenly, I notice the wallpaper has the thinnest of gold stripes. I never noticed them before. It's the flowers that have made them emerge, pop, the... The more I look around the room, the more I notice things like this. I, I'm fucking... Excuse me. Intense emotion does not choose its expression. <laughs> I'm fucking gobsmacked. My mother had designed this room with very little money. I, <laughs> I lit up. I wasn't alone in this family. Not a freak. Not even an accident. My father might not understand me, but I belonged to my mother. How gratifying to find someone who understands our gift. I have a gift? Indeed. And as such, you must let nothing divide your energies. The greats are simply unable to divide themselves. They don't let the fog obscure their view of the summit. You make it sound so simple, Mr. Barrington. It's about focus, a singular objective. This, uh, torso. I would like to buy this one. B b buy it? It's the best of the lot. Wow. Uh, 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 yes. Grant pulls out his wallet and several large bills, hands them to James. I'll pick it up on Sunday evening. This is too much. Consider it 
an investment. Were there better wine, I'd pour you a glass and toast your impending success right now. I need better wine? You deserve better wine. Grant exits. James writes sold on a card and affixes it to the torso. Lights out on James staring at the money. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and join us next week for the conclusion of Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke. Play for Keeps podcast is produced by Ashland New Plays Festival and Play for Keeps. This podcast was produced by Andy Herndon, art direction by Carr Quinn Lewis. Play for Keeps is directed by Jim Pagliasotti. Written content is edited by Carol Florian. Special thanks to Kyle Hayden, Jackie Apodaca, and Beth Kander. This is your host, Mary Claire Erdenast. Please visit us online at playforkeeps.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Help us spread the word. Follow, like, share, and retweet. See you next time at Play for Keeps Podcast. Books are meant to be read. Plays are meant to be said. <laughs>